All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 182. The trade deadline is over. Rondo's a Clipper. Drummond's a Laker. Miami finesses the whole NBA. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. It's episode 182. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Had a great time at the beach today, just walking on the pier, soaking in that Cali air. <laughs> Rub it in for everybody. I know, just feeling so blessed. Drew and I got a nice bottle of red right now. <laughs> we have a lot of catching up to do. It's been a week, and a lot has happened in this past week regarding trades, regarding trade deadline. Um, I don't know where to start on this, dude. I don't know if I should start at what the hell are the Houston Rockets doing mm. or how how great Miami did in this. See, I, I want to start with the Bulls. Okay, I do too. Because you were super – you texted me right away when Vooch got traded, right? Yep. And we both agree that Chicago came out of so far left field on this, right? Yeah, no noise. They, were, they, they played the game perfectly. Right. They didn't make any noise. And I think the teams sometimes that make noise – um, are just misleading or they're, they're just trying to make a, a make a statement and say, look, we're actively doing this. We're trying to mm. do this. It's the teams that don't make any noise. And then you, all of a sudden you look down and Vucevic is now on the Bulls. And whereas before, like we're thinking, well, Boston, they, they can't afford him. Uh, and didn't seem like any other teams were going to make a play at all. Like it seemed like Vuce might have might stay. Obviously, Orlando made the decision. And I think it was a wise decision. To just say fuck it, like let's get let's get all these guys out that are vets that are good that were here and helped you know us be a stable organization, which I think is that's saying something. They're in the stable phase, and then you know I think they reached their potential together as a as a team, and they've decided to blow it up, and boom, Chicago gets an all star and vastly changes the next few years for their franchise. Well, it was funny because Terrence Ross was shocked too. He's like, wait, everybody's gone? Like, <laughs> Except we, for him. <laughs> right. We knew we knew that, that Aaron Gordon was going to go somewhere. And Fournier most and likely. And Fournier most likely. Um, we didn't see Vooch coming. I definitely think Orlando should have sat on it for a minute and gotten more for Vooch. I don't think they got enough for him. But on the other side of this, I am so happy for Zach Levine and the Bulls that finally now Zach has, a, uh, has another player you know, to compliment – him at this stage in his career and that's all I've wanted like now there's they're a bona fide duo in Chicago correct yeah I think the first few games have been a little underwhelming for them as a tandem like Vooch has been great like I think he's had like 20 and 12 pretty much every game that he's played it's only been like two or three now but Levine has not really you know been scoring the ball the way that he was before Vooch got there so I do think it's going to take a little while for that to mesh and when you bring in a massive piece like that, of course, the offense is going to change a little bit. And so I do think it's very possible that this doesn't look good for a while, but I'm not talking about, you know, this year for this team. Obviously, it's moving forward. Now that you have, you know, an all-star big man, one of the best centers in the NBA, you know that you have an unbelievable scorer and athlete in Zach Levine. It's all about, you know, not necessarily this year, but the next two, three, four seasons that can really uh, change, you know, Chicago's place at, at, that they've been in for the last few seasons. So, 
And it's going to take some games. I mean, you just don't play for a team for seven years in Orlando and then just hop a flight, go and play with this whole new offense, defense, and a, 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 a star that you've never really played with. Like Aaron Gordon is good, but he's not Zach Levine. So it's definitely going to take some time for them. And, and getting to the playoffs would be nice. If they can make it into the playoffs, would be great. But you're right. The chemistry uh, – with the Bulls, it's going to take a take a few games. And yeah, I think you know they're they're I think they're right on the ten eleven seed right now. Chicago is, and you know there's plenty of the season left. Uh, where you know the games are starting to get fewer and fewer, but we have about two months of the season left. And I do expect them to be in the playoff scenario. Uh, it would be you know really bad if they got this piece and they weren't able to figure out a way to get into mm-hmm. the playoffs at all this year. Uh, but I do think you know for people that might be especially Chicago Bulls fans that are like super excited. And then you watch these few games and you're like, Oh, we're, we're what happened? It we're takes not, time. It, be patient. Exactly. So I just think, I do think he was definitely the biggest name traded. Uh, you know, we, we had some guys that we were thinking might get traded that didn't, but I think he was definitely the biggest name. And I, I think Chicago got a, got a hell of a deal. I, and I do think there is something to the fact, like you're saying that, that, that Orlando could have gotten more, but I don't know who else would be giving up as much as Chicago did. I mean, because Wendell Carter Jr. is a solid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otto Porter is, you know, was a former number three overall draft pick and has flashes. I think he's even showed those flashes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some, you know, got some draft picks. So I think, you know, in a scenario where Orlando is, is they clearly pushed the blow it up button in, in that moment. Oh, they did. I think, you know, the the best thing that you can do is is stay under, you know, the luxury tax and then get as many draft picks as possible to try and hit kind of the lottery and and draft your next best player because that's what small market teams have to do um so we'll see we'll see what happens and whether or not those picks you know in five ten years right we look back like, and those picks know. could be unbelievable they could uh, but i i think it's actually pretty fair value and i i would say that i think chicago i can't imagine another team providing a better deal to orlando for vooch than what Chicago put in front of him, which is why I think they took it. And low-key, staying on Chicago, getting Tice. Yes, okay, second who, pickup as well. Which is huge. And I know people don't talk about Tice a lot, but now him playing a backup center role, which is like perfect for them, um, I think he's going to fit in great. And I think I just – if I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, I'm happy. Yeah, they're you making know? moves for the first time in a moves, while. Right? Yeah. And you're building around Zach. Right. So I, that's what I like to see. And the Tice pickup is gonna is gonna pay off for you guys. Yeah, that one hurt the Celtics, I mm-hmm. think. And it, it from everything I've heard, that broke down to just money. Tice was making X, and that would push them over the luxury tax, and so they had to get rid of him. Unfortunately, um, I think he's the better player between like him and Tristan Thompson, for instance. Right now, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think Boston would have preferred to trade Tristan, but I think the way that the the numbers worked out, it was like, all right, we got to let go of Tice. And I think again. Really savvy pickup for Chicago. The mm-hmm. guy's the guy's a solid center, mm-hmm. and he's been, I think, underrated because he's relatively small at the center position. But he does a great job. He does, um, and has been for the last few seasons for for Boston. So yeah, big, big moves for Chicago. Who knows how quickly it'll pay off? But you know, if you're a fan of the team that's struggling, this is the kind of momentum that you want to see. This is the kind of moves that you want to see your front office be aggressive with. And I think good times are coming for for the Bulls. And back to like Orlando literally blowing it up. Um, we'll talk about Fournier first because, you know, I, I've never been a big Fournier guy. All right. I haven't. Um, I know he played really well in Orlando. I, I can't believe, you know, even listening to Simmons, how kind of excited they were to get Fournier, um, which I don't get. I, I just don't think that was the player that they needed. Right. I get it. It's another score. 
guy can create his own shots and whatnot. His first game out was horrific, right? Yeah, that's a. I think it's a record. It's a, is it a record? I believe. For, I believe it's the debut, the the most minutes played for a debut without scoring a single zero. point. <laughs> I don't know how good that's going to look, but the other big one is obviously Aaron Gordon, and you know, he, I think he found a perfect home. Okay, I think Denver is scary um, right now. I think I watched his first game. And just seeing him with MPJ, I'm like, fuck, that is a lot of athleticism. That's great, right? yeah. And our boy Spencer Davies said it the best because we were talking about Joker and just how great he's playing. Denver did did really well getting rid of the Gary Harris deal uh, contract and picking up Aaron Gordon. And, and Spencer was like, and now Joker has a new toy to play with, with Aaron Gordon. And that makes so much sense because that's what Joker needs. Like more athleticism, guys cutting to the hoop. Um, I think help on defense and blocking shots. Totally. As well. Yeah. And, and, and Aaron's not the man now. Like you don't, he's not going to be looked at to shit. Yeah, he's like 25. the fourth or fourth or fifth option. Totally. And yeah. I think he's going to be completely comfortable with it. And I just think it brings a new element to Denver, which makes them just a little more scarier heading into the playoffs. Yeah. I think Denver thought that they had the replacements in their roster for Jeremy Grant leaving. Um, this offseason, I think they were like, well, Jermichael Green did did great for the Clippers and has been really not so good. He's Mills, been all right. He's been fine, but I think there's also been really some stretches where he has not been good uh, for them. And and then Millsap is just another year older. And that guy, you know, just his athleticism isn't what it once was. He's, Unless he's, he plays the Clippers in the playoffs. That's <laughs> that's the only He can do it for moments. <laughs> he can do it for spurts. Uh, but having Gordon in the, in the starting lineup, I agree with you. I think this one may be the most impactful. More, I mean... For the immediate season, for this season, I think Gordon's move to the Nuggets may be the most impactful trade that we had this trade deadline, um, more than Vooch, because I do think that might take a little while. Mm-hmm. And I think Denver, uh, you know, just as a team in general and, and with the direction that they have and, and where they've been going over the, fa- the past few seasons, I think this does set them up to make a really nice run uh, to the end of this year and, and be a really solid playoff team. And I think Gordon is that replacement that they've been searching for for Jeremy Grant. I Perfect think he checks, yeah, checks all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, like like we said in the last pod, he is shooting the best three-point percentage this season that he has in his career, and I think that's only going to continue uh, because he's going to get open looks. I mean, in this team, you got Jamal and, and Jokic are handling the ball all the time, and so he has to be fine without having the ball very much. I think he Which will be. Which I think be. he's fine I with. I think he will be. Right. Uh, but I, I think it will lead to, you know, you know that first dunk that he had was gorgeous. Nice mm-hmm. little back cut, boom, found, mm-hmm. hammer home. And I think he's going to have a lot of those moments. Uh, but I do think in in order for Denver to really make a run into the finals or something like that, he's going to have to uh, play big. And because he is the power forward there, and it is nice to have him in MPJ. It's super long, wow. really versatile, easily easily switched, except for the fact that Michael Porter Jr. is a liability defensively. That aspect of it, I think Aaron Gordon's going to have to step up his defense and his rebounding uh, to compete with the the power forwards that he's going to have to go up against that are bigger than him. And he's you know he's been teetering back and forth between small forward, power forward his whole career. I think this move clearly states him as more of a four um, and more of a you know kind of a three and D guy, if you will, with the rim running aspect. Uh, but I I think this is this was a great move was. for Denver, um, and I also think. They picked up another center as well, JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. Um, so both Chicago and Denver just kind of banging away at the winning. trade deadline. Yeah, they're, they're winning. They're just that. doing great. Um, so I think JaVale's awesome. Completely changes the second unit uh, when he comes in. 
And then you can have Jamal, like you, you want to go sit Jokic for a couple minutes, have Jamal on the floor with JaVale. Mm-hmm. They can run. And JaVale, one thing he can do is he, he can block shots and he can get out and run and go dunk. And yeah, I think, and give you a good seven minutes. Right. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a time frame on it. But um, I think Denver did fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think they didn't have to give up too much for Aaron Gordon either. I think that trade uh, really favors Denver. I don't think Orlando got a lot in return. The value that, that Orlando got for Vooch, I think, was much higher than the value that they got for Fournier and for Gordon. I, I mean, Fournier left for fucking dr- two second rounders. Unbelievable. Um, which is, yeah, that's shocking. And I, and just to, just to touch back on Fournier, I know we kind of leapfrogged him real quick, but outside of that terrible performance for his debut, the fact that the Boston Celtics got something that they were clearly looking for, uh, for whatever reason, and only had to give up picks and didn't have to give up a player because we were talking Marcus like if, if they were going to go for Gordon, there was going to have to be Marcus Smart involved um, or, you know, any any of the players. It was like, OK, well, Marcus might be the guy that leaves or we might have to trade somebody. And really, they get Fournier. They give up some picks. They have to let Tice go. Uh, but then they got like Cornette. And I think they got Mo Wagner as well. Yeah, but the did, Celtics they, did, did they get better? I do think Fournier helps address the scoring problem. Like, so if if Kemba's off, you know, if Jalen is out, who who has been out, I think, for a game or two now. He's coming back tonight. Yeah. So I think it's clear that the Celtics were missing Hayward. And I think Fournier can help answer those problems. The same way the Nuggets replaced Grant finally with Gordon. I think this may be what the Celtics are going for, replacing Hayward's minutes and his scoring and playmaking with Fournier. And I do think, you know, if all you have to do is average, you know, 12, 13 points a game, I think Fournier can definitely do that and move the ball and, you know, be relatively solid on defense. So do you think they're better? I I think, I think with them, without having to give up anything, I think, yes, I do think that that that's something they didn't have on their roster before. And I think something that the Celtics fans have been complaining about is like semi Ojale is playing way too much. Right. And so you can have Fournier come in and, and, you know, take those minutes away from semi at the three or the four or whatever. I think I, you know, it's clearly not the answer. It's not. It's not going to fix everything for the Celtics. But I do think that they got a guy that they were looking for, and I think he'll be fine in that system. So, speaking of teams that didn't have to give up much to get players, I mean, Miami did the the ultimate finesse, right? Like we thought, no matter what, if you want Oladipo or you want to be a player in any of these with any of these top free agents or not free agents, but you know, trades, you're going to have to give up either Duncan or Hero. And Pat Riley once again just finesses getting Oladipo to Miami, who's, you know, trains in Miami in the summers, wanted to go to Miami. You get Oladipo for basically nothing. And now Miami has another, you know, another great piece to their puzzle without giving up anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, they ended up having to give up Olenek. Okay. I give up Olenek 10 times to get Which, Oladipo. Yeah. I mean, they, they already, they lost Myers Leonard they, and now they've lost Olenek. So now their, their depth at center is pretty, pretty shallow. Uh, but I do think, you know, the way that they view it is their best lineup is Bam at the center, and then they run with their with their wings that they have now, they all, the, all these different wings and guards that they can play. I do think Houston was ready to sell Oladipo. It was clear that... Sell everything. Yeah, well, no, but sell specifically mm-hmm. on Oladipo, and it was like, you know, best offer, literally. Like, you know, we, we want this or best offer, OBO. Um, and I think the Heat, you know, were willing to give up more than anybody else. Uh, because it is a, really a flyer on a guy that's been super inconsistent for years now. Um, but I do think, I think Victor wanted to go to Miami, and I think that part of it is going to be huge in him having an impact on the team. 
And I think I, clearly he wasn't happy in, in Houston. I think most players are not happy. He didn't even give it a shot, though. No, bro. I agree. I agree. I, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's. I think it is one of the steals, especially if if they do resign him for whatever reason and he plays well for them, it will be looked back at as like, man, you you guys gave up like a, a couple second round. Well, basically, what it, ter- what it goes back to is pretty much James Harden was flipped for Kelly Olynyk. Like that, that's basically if you look at this, so. Who's ever in the front office really f this up? You're talking about you have James Harden, you have this asset in Oladipo, and you're flipping it for a couple picks in Olenek. Like, come it's, on, man! It's a travesty. It's a travesty. And then if I'm Silas, I'm looking at that like, what? Where am I? Why did I come here? Right? The promise was so huge with him coming in. Like, yo, we're gonna have a shot at this. And now look what you have. Right. Kevin Porter Jr. is like your best player yeah, right now, right. <laughs> which isn't saying that much. G League MVP. MVP. Right? Yeah. It is pretty shocking to think that that's that's what they're left with. That Houston is now left with several picks, a lot of picks mm-hmm. that may not actually turn out to be good picks, and a good draft coming up here. Decent draft coming mm-hmm. up, and it just really—I mean—they screwed the pooch. That's the only way to say. It. I mean, especially when you consider how good Ben Simmons is, is right. playing. That's the one that will—I oh, think—that's the one that will really haunt Houston fans. The GM and, and the front office are like, no, 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 we got this. We got this. We can handled. rebuild. We can We're, rebuild. Olinick and John Wall is all we need to win a title. <laughs> well, I do think Olinick might actually be. It's a great pickup. He Drew. might be. Like, a, he he might be fine there. Mm-hmm. I also think he might be a buyout too. Because if they're really selling, you know, everything, then then why not buy out Olinick and let him go somewhere else? Who knows what's going to happen? Can we talk buyouts yet, but or do you have any more trades? for I me? have a few more. Okay. This trade deadline uh, was the busiest as far as transactions and teams involved in the last 35 years. So there is a lot of players that were moved. I just think outside of Vucevic and Gordon, you know, the big names and Oladipo that we talked about were few. There was just a lot of like middling players that were that were moved around during this trade deadline. Uh, but one of the ones that stood out to me is is Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big move. Um, I was pretty shocked that the Blazers gave up Gary Trent Jr., who was playing quite well for them and has been I mean he was on fire in the bubble last year uh, but you know getting another score a guy that isn't just you know a three-point shooter uh, but that can put the ball on the ground and, and go out and drop you know 20 points when you need him to I think that was an interesting move for for the Blazers and it's it's that's that's been the third scorer has been something that has escaped the organization. Portland, Portland. you're talking about, yeah, yeah. Uh, while they've had Dame and CJ, they haven't really had a consistent third scorer. So I think their play is like, let's see if Norm Powell can do this, and if he can, we have the cap space to re-sign him next year because uh, he's going to be a free agent. So I think it was a you know it was a move to to try and win a little bit more now, see if they can creep up while the Lakers are down. Um, and you know, I think also when you're seeing Denver making moves, you're sitting there in your Portland and you're one game behind them. You're going, fuck, like, let's see if we can make something happen and make our team better. And I think they did that. I think Norman Powell was playing his ass off. He's like the best player in Toronto uh, over the last month or so. And a lot of people don't get to see Norm play like Norm. And again, I bring this up on every show. Like I've never talked so much Raptor basketball with our dishes and dimes friends, uh, who run the Toronto Raptors, uh, podcast, but Norm can get buckets, man. Yeah. And this is 20. Now, what I hear from them is that he's can tend to be extremely inconsistent, though. Sure, yeah, like, streaky. Very streaky. But And with, with Portland coming, you know, getting healthier, Nurk's gonna, CJ's back. I listened to his podcast this morning. He says he's like at 90%. Nurk will be back soon. Like, you know, Mellow's been mellow. So uh, I, I'm curious to see how far they can go. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a really nice play. 
Um, I think his defense is going to be something that has to step up because he's going to be, I think he's going to be guarding more threes uh, than he was in, in Toronto or in Tampa. Um, he was more of the two guard that would come in off the bench. And I think, I think he can, he's pretty, he's pretty stout. He's, he looks pretty built. Uh, but I think his defense will have to step up a little bit for them to be uh, as efficient and as scary as we think they can be with this lineup. But and Portland also lost Rodney Hood in that. It was Gary Trent yeah. Jr. and Rodney Hood. And I think it's a good move for Toronto. Mm-hmm. You need some shooting. Yep. You need younger players. Uh, so why not? You know, Norman Powell is going to be a free agent. They didn't have the room to sign him anyway. So you know, I think it. I think it's a solid move. And the big thing out of Tampa, Toronto, is that Lowry ends up staying. And I think. The Lakers probably came pretty close to making that trade happen. But I do think the biggest thing that happened for Lowry is the Sixers went and got George Hill. Mm-hmm. And they, they got him on the super cheap. It's a great move Practically for nothing for Philly. Right. Yeah, And when you're looking at George Hill, who's, I think, two or three years younger than Lowry is, and a guy that has done well in the playoffs for several teams, um, why Daryl Morey, this is, this is just it's simple math. It's right. like, okay, I don't have to give up anything, nothing. practically anything for this guy. And he's going to be our backup point guard anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, this is money. Um, now, I do think Lowry clearly would have brought something a lot different, a lot more uh, unique to Philly. But I think once that play was done, it was like, oh, shit, for for Masai and for Lowry, as far as, like, whether or not Lowry actually did want to go to Philly, who knows? Maybe we'll find out soon enough. But I do think once that move happened, it was like, okay, maybe the Lakers will make a play. And They tried. Yeah, from everything I've heard, it came down to Taylor Horton Tucker, who's been playing great for us this whole season. Um, and really, in recent weeks, has really stepped it up, especially after uh, AD went down. And, and now that we have LeBron out, he's, he's playing a lot of minutes for us, and he's doing well. And I like the fact that we did not make that move. I'm very happy that the Lakers didn't push the button to send Schroeder, KCP, and Taylor Horton Tucker just for Lowry. For, for a rental. For a rental, and then maybe an expensive you know, 36-year-old next year. I think that was that was smart, and I'm glad that we didn't have that panic moment that I was talking about because of the urgency and like, oh no, we're losing games. Like maybe Kyle Lowry, like that'll mm-hmm. do it, that'll help. And we didn't go, we didn't, we didn't have that problem. So I thought that was awesome. Um, and that, on the other side of that, I'm glad that 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 Lowry's going to finish off this season. I mean, he's going down as the greatest Raptor of all time. That's what people say. That's what he is. They love him in Toronto. We saw that final game with Lowry, thinking that. You know, when he waved to the yeah. camera, like this was going to be it for him. Yeah, Drake Drake with the FaceTime. Drake with the FaceTime. They Telling all thought, him, don't leave. And and Masai was just, you know, if we're going to trade for the, you know, our, the greatest Raptor of all time, it has to be the bag, right? And right. the bag, that would you can rebuild your organization if you get a Schroeder and a, and a THT and a KCP. Like, and then you're, you're dealing with Gary Trent Jr. And, 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 and Rodney Hood and you, you got Pascal still there and Fred Van Vliet. Like, that's a nice squad. Yeah. So he tried. But again, that thirty million is so tough, and I'm actually glad the Lakers didn't do it either. Because yeah. again, you if you're if you're Kyle Lowry, you're coming to a team with no AD and no LeBron right now. There's going to be absolutely no chemistry, um, and then LeBron's going to come back, you know, in five weeks or four weeks, whatever the hell it is. We don't even know that scale right now. And I just I think it would be a, a debacle. I think it would be you know kind of a mess for them. I can understand, especially like a lot of the Laker fans were excited about this potential move. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Like he's a good player and he's won a championship. He's, you know, he's a hard nosed guy. He doesn't, he seems like a great guy also. Seems like a really good team. I want to party with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. He seems like a great teammate. And so I, I can get the appeal. 
Uh, but as I said in the last podcast, that's not what we needed. Mm-hmm. And we were able to address our needs by, by getting Andre Drummond in the buyout. I know that we're going to talk buyouts here in just one second. <laughs> right. Uh, but I am, I'm happy that we didn't make a, you know, a panic judgment move to make that happen. Uh, and our squad has, has just won two in a row. So I, I think we're, we're on the up and up here. Um, but there was a couple more. Uh, J.J. Redick and Melly traded to the Mavericks for James Johnson and Wes Awundu. And I think a second round or something like that was in there. Uh, but I think that moves pretty big for Dallas. Dallas, huge. They clearly need more shooting. Uh, like outside of Luka and Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson was like their best three-point shooter. And, I love him though. And you know, obviously KCP or not K, uh, KP, like uh, Porzingis right. is a is a solid solid shooter. But their guards, Josh Richardson, has been letting them down, and and this whole season, it's right. very it's very apparent that he's not who they wanted. And as far as just three-point percentages, he's never really been that outside of one season. So I do think JJ, uh, who is injured at the moment, is. Uh, is a nice addition to that team. And I think when it comes down to the playoffs and stuff, he's going to come in in great moments and have big shots for them. Like he has with pretty much every other organization. But I like Melly too, dude. Like I was big on him last season and I know he's been, it's been tough for him this year, but you know, another Euro on the squad too, all Euro squad for them. They definitely have to have the most white players on the, on the, in the league. Correct. I think that's true. They have to, um, I, I yeah. like Melly. I think he'll fit in fine there. I like. I know there was some drama with JJ. JJ came out today um, on his podcast, or he was on somebody. Uh, sorry, he was on somebody else's podcast today. Was no, it, it was his. It was his own. Yeah. Um, saying that they kind of, you know, he thought that he was going to be in a buyout situation and be able to move closer to home. And I think Drew and I are both like, well, you know, so what? It didn't work out. Like right. you got traded. Like who are you? To like dictate where you want to go. I get it. That's a player movement right now, but like, come on, JJ. Well, I think what he felt was betrayed, mm-hmm. and I can understand that feeling. But to to assume that you have the right to demand that you're going to only go to these five teams mm-hmm. when those five teams are like, great, we're not going to give up anything for this now. <laughs> like you've already told us that he's going to come to the Northeast. I don't know how many teams in the Northeast really needed him other than maybe Philly, which I, I thought maybe. Again? Would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they have Seth Curry, who's fine. And, and Danny Green, goddammit, uh, is, you know, apparently hitting shots. The shooter. Now. He's, the hitting, shooter. he's hitting shots now. <laughs> um, but I, I can understand JJ being like, David Griffin, the GM of the Pelicans, told me this was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. But at the same time, he can't manifest trades on his own. He needs other teams to be interested. And if there was no interest in trading JJ, it seems like they had a gentleman's agreement that that he would be bought out. But look, man, if you're going to get two players coming back to you and a draft pick for you and Melly who are not working out, you're going to make that move 10 times out of 10 if you're a GM. And I get the cutthroat nature of the business. But I think to your point is something that I immediately thought of is like, what do you, what do you expect? I don't know why, I don't know necessarily why JJ thought that it was just done and dusted and that he could go home. Like everyone who lives, whoever, everyone who plays in the NBA doesn't live in the city that they play for because players move around all the time. And you're and not, JJ chose to live in Brooklyn. Right. He, he was, did. He did. He, he did. was playing on Philadelphia and he right. chose to have a house, a beautiful fucking apartment loft thing. Uh, I saw it on Architecture, Architectural Digest. It, they did a piece on it. It's fucking awesome. It's probably beautiful. It's gorgeous. They have a like they have like outside space. It's in Brooklyn. Like apparently it's the shit. But it's like, dude, you made that decision. It's your family could be with you in New Orleans if you bought a rental house right. and had your kids there. But it's like, bro, every man has to make this decision in the NBA. And any time, that's a part of why you get paid so much. Um, every time that a team wants to move you, they have the right to do that. And I just I can understand the disappointment. 
But it's just like, what did you really expect? Right. Well, he didn't want to play for Stan anyways. He was overplaying for Stan before the season even started. But back to what you're saying, like, yo, you're not James Harden. You're not, you know, Kevin Durant. You're not some guy that's been playing for a squad for, you know, four or five years and and, and gave so much to an organization to where, or Kyle Lowry for that matter, where they're going to respect you enough to trade you where you want to go. Like if there's a deal on the table for JJ Redick, I'm taking it. Sorry. Exactly. Right. And if, and especially if it's like, let's package together all this stuff mm-hmm. and make a trade. Like it wasn't like JJ just got traded to Dallas for nothing. Like it, it, it to me, if it if it was like David Griffin was like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll get you to, <laughs> I'll get you to the the Northeast, and then you just trade him to Dallas for like a second round pick. JJ's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. Right. It, it it was a package deal. There was a lot of bodies moving back and forth, and a draft pick. Like, I I get why David Griffin made that move, and I'm I'm a, I'm a little surprised that JJ feels so slighted. I know. It's like, you know, I, I You're a shooter, dude. Like teams need shooters. Shooters move all Kyle Corver got traded eight times in his career. Like just deal with it, dog. You're not some guy that's putting up thirty points a game. And it's not like he sent you to back to Orlando. You're going to Dallas to play with probably the best you know, the top four players in the NBA. And they're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs and you're gonna get wide open jumpers yeah. all day. Yeah. So I just you know, that that to me was surprising. It was. Uh but you know, another I think that's a pretty big move for the Mavericks to bring in uh, a, a knockdown three-point shooter and and a, a versatile power forward like Melly who can <laughs> stretch when the he's, floor. Yeah, when he's playing well, he yeah. can he can do some good things for them. Um, so the the last trade that I want to talk about obviously affects you, and it was one of the the last deals done of the day, mm. and it it's farewell to to Lou Williams and you bring in Rondo, mm. and I'll just say this before you go, I think Rondo finessed the shit out of the Hawks. <laughs> Okay, you know, I'm okay with that. Rondo finessed the shit out of the Hawks. He (laughs) got his bag and then went for four points a game. He took $9 million and did not give a fuck. From what I could tell, clearly was not engaged (laughs) very much in what was happening in Atlanta. And I think he almost planned this. It was like, I'll just take this money. And then somebody some, will want me. A contender's going to want to trade (laughs) for me. Right. And I'll get out of here and I'll still make my $9 million Mm -hmm. and I'll go to a cool you know, place that, that is, has actual aspirations of winning a championship. So you guys let go of Lou Will, you bring in Rondo. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, the writing has been on the wall all season, right? Like we've been talking about Lou or Pat Bev or look, man, I, I, there's a few feelings in this. Lou Williams is one of my favorite Clippers of all time. I have him down as top five Clippers of all time. How many years was he with you guys? Four. Um, and that, that's kind of the criteria for being, you know, one of the best Clippers of all time. You can't just be like Dominique Wilkins and play or Kawhi Leonard or Paul George right now. Like you've played for a, a year. Totally. Um, so, but a minimum of four years. A minimum you. of three you have to have with us, <laughs> okay. right? To be like an official Clipper, like you've been here for a minute. You know sure. what I mean? Um, I was heartbroken because Lou's meant so much to our organization. He's won so many games for us. He's kept us in games. Um, yes, notoriously in the playoffs, he hasn't been great. Um, we kind of saw the, de- the the decline this season with he didn't really know his position. He was he started the season playing so much defense and being active on D and then Ty's kind of like, yo, you know, we need you to be Lou Williams. Just be and, yourself. Right. And then I think what happened was the emergence of Terrence Mann and the emergence of Luke Kennard when he when he plays, uh, that we we have scoring on the bench. And, and Reggie Jackson, honestly, I, I think Reggie took his spot. I think Reggie, I'll, I'll be, I'll go one step further. I think Reggie took the starting point guard role. 
right now. And when we, if we're talking about the Clippers, I'll tell you right now. I think Reggie Jackson has taken the starting point guard, and I think it's deserving. I, I agree. He's playing his ass off. He is. Uh, his shooting's remarkable. Look back to Lou really fast. It's the only contract that works. Lose $9 million. Again, the respect factor that we were talking about that JJ didn't get. Like we... You sent him to Atlanta. We sent him home, right? right? And that was we, we weren't going to send him to Orlando. We weren't going to send him somewhere where he didn't want to go. I this, bet you would have sent him to Oklahoma City for George Hill. Uh, that could have worked. <laughs> he would have retired, though. I mean, we probably explored it. Right. Um, and, and Lou had been very vocal about, I want to... This is my last stop. But then if we sent him home... Look, man... The whole season, all everybody keeps the narrative is all anybody cares about is oh Clippers need a playmaking point guard, playmaking point guard. And I've been adamant, Drew. I've said this whole I'm fine with everything that we have. Mm -hmm. Like the only one that was sexy to me was Derrick Rose, right? That's the only one that was sexy to me. But when Rondo's on the board now, um, I'm okay with it, right? Also surprising, right? That was the name that nobody was bringing up. It was it was brought up in chat rooms and blogs and all that. Like his name was definitely brought up because he wasn't performing in Atlanta. <laughs> now back to what Drew was saying, though, I did hear that he worked with Trey Young a lot and he was oh, good no, to I'm the sure, Young Bucks. I, he seems like he's changed into a, like a good teammate, mm -hmm. whereas before I don't think he was. Mm -hmm. um, I think he I think Rondo has become a good teammate and it seems to be supportive. But as far as like gameplay. And like actually going out to win games, it didn't seem like he was he was really affecting anything that was happening in Atlanta. I put it this way, and I had this conversation in Clubhouse because for whatever reason, our coworkers, our colleagues at BasketballNews.com hate that the Clippers got rid of Lou and got Rajon Rondo, right? And what I see is that Rondo has been a stud in every team that he's played for that actually has a chance. He was great in Boston winning a championship. He was great with the Pelicans when in that one, in that one series and he was great with the Lakers when they needed him and I think he's the guy that we need on the squad. Championship pedigree like, you know, obviously uh Kawhi and and Paul George wanted him too. Um and just seeing what he's done since he's come to the squad 4 days ago uh, watching how engaged he is. He's sitting with Chauncey Billups the whole time. Him and Pat Beverly, I, th I heard the first thing he wanted was the playbook. He's a savant. Like, he's a genius when it comes to this. And this is another dog in the kennel, dog, right? So we're talking about Rondo, Marcus Morris, Kawhi, Pat Beverly, Paul George. Like, defense is going to be phenomenal with this squad. And that's been a question mark for you guys the whole season thus far. The, in, the, the inconsistency the, in defense. Right, the yeah. inconsistency. Because of Pat Bev's absence, mostly. Totally. Yeah. I, you're right. And and we don't know what's happening with Pat Bev. This knee has been really bugging him for a while. I'm I can't wait to see how this works. A championship point guard with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And, you know, everybody was just saying like they need a point guard that's gonna put put the players in the right position to score and take a little bit of the load off Kawhi bringing it up and Paul George bringing it up. One thing you're gonna get from Rondo is I think he's gonna be smart. And I think uh, the more time he spends with the squad, you know, we saw with Terrence Mann, who's been playing out of his mind. And I'm glad, you know, that we said a couple pods ago that I think this kid's going to be special because he really is going to be special. Yeah, he slipped up in the last game against Orlando, but most of your team I, we're, did. We're yeah. not even talking about that Orlando <laughs> game last night. After a six-game winning streak, losing to Orlando, and I kept saying during the whole the whole game, I'm like, yo, these guys are fucking terrible, <laughs> right? They are so bad. The Lakers just beat them, and that's how you know they're bad right now. We got We beat them by three. So honestly, does it does it make us better? I think it does. So I'm excited to see what Rondo brings to the table for us. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be one of those situations again where you know he's going to need some time filling out these guys. But I think it's going to be more of can Luke Kennard and Terrence perform off of the bench? Yeah, 
I, to me, this is just Patrick Beverly insurance, right? If for whatever reason, Pat Bev is, you know, dealing with a longer term injury, it seems like it's been bothering him a lot over the last few months. And if this continues to happen where they bring him back and oh, it's not feeling good, you, at least you have Rondo there now. And Rondo is a serviceable, like, you know, heaven forbid uh, Reggie Jackson goes down, boom, Rondo's right there. Whereas Lou Will would be, I, you know, it would be a tough to, to start him in, in a game and expect to win that game, honestly, just the way that he is. That's why he's such a threat off the bench is because his scoring is, is what his game is about, not necessarily running the offense and, you know, setting everybody up and setting the table where now you have solidity. Um, in your backcourt, whereas, you know, and, and granted, you're going to miss some of the, those games where Lou would drop 30. You're going to, that's oh, going to yeah. be, that's going to be something that you miss. But I think cumulatively what your front office is, dis, dis, has determined is that Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Rondo, Pat Bev, all these guys will make up for that as a unit, mm-hmm. as opposed to having just one guy have to rescue you, uh, when it's your second unit out there. And yeah, like you said, Terrence Mann is great. He, the whole Clipper team has struggled in that last game, but he has been playing phenomenal. He had like 21 points the game before that, I think. He's had a, he's had a few really big games. Yeah, man. big games. Um, and same thing with Kennard, who started the game last night. Wow. But, you know, anyway, it. I do think it was a surprise move for me, uh, but I, I'm not surprised that Lou Williams was moved. I'm surprised that you guys got Rondo. And I think if if Rondo can be as locked in for you as he was with this Lakers team last year, he's going to be tremendous for you. I don't see why I wouldn't. It just I the one thing that was the kind of the the outlier for Rondo was his three point shooting last year. Came out of nowhere. And yeah, it did. Came out of fucking nowhere. It did. Um and so you can't expect that. I don't think any team can be like, cool, Rondo in the playoffs, he's gonna be a three percent. You needed three point shooting. We though. Absolutely needed we it. We don't need that. We I hear have what you're it. saying, but that's that was part of the value that he brought to us. It wasn't just that he was coming up and like just jacking threes. He was hitting late shot clock three pointers mm. for us when he they were leaving him wide open. Um, and, and it was more about being able to do that. And then of course, drive the basket finish and, and do all his uh, passing. But, um, I don't, I wouldn't expect that version of Rondo to show up again, as far as like, I'm going to be a knockdown three point shooter in the playoffs. But like you said, the, the other intangibles that he's going to bring to the team in general with his leadership and his knowledge, uh, but getting Kawhi and Paul George easier shots down when, you know, when you're in the fourth quarter, last two minutes, I honestly think, unless Reggie's having a hell of a game, if you guys are in a closing situation, closing scenario, I would almost have Rondo out there in the last five minutes. So that was the question. Reggie. That right. was the question in our in our clubhouse was who who's gonna who's gonna be in the fourth quarter finishing off games. And again, I I, I would say Rondo, but I want to see him play with the squad. And again, you can't devalue what Reggie's brought to the team and Not what he's all. done. I think when Reggie's feeling it, right? Like if Reggie's having a good game, he's got like 12, 15 points going to the fourth. He's been hitting his shots. He's making good plays. You just go with the hot hand. But I do think, especially in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, but especially because your offense in those late game scenarios is pretty stagnant. I think Rondo out there, boom, he's moving the ball. He's calling. He's going to be calling plays. Right. And Reggie doesn't always do that. Right. Reggie doesn't always call plays. Shot clock comes down. You know, you go through your your set the first time. Nothing happens. Reggie's like, cool. I'm going to go to the. I'm going to go to the rack. I'm going to mm-hmm. put up a shot. Rondo will reset, run the play again, and then you'll actually probably get a good shot for Kawhi or, or PG in that scenario. And again, you didn't even bring up defense though. Once again, like, but is, his defense has fallen off. Okay, I think I think that's fair to say, and I think people will just always pat him on the back and be like, "Yeah, he's a great defender. Mm-hmm. He was a great defender. I think he's serviceable now because he's still so long and he's very smart." But when it comes to like man-to-man defense, he's not going to be guarding 
I, I, Pat Beverly is that guy for you guys. Rondo comes in, he can guard, he's fine, but I think his man-to-man presence on ball is five years removed from being like the elite level Rondo that we think where he's going to get three steals a game. Mm-hmm. I think in the passing lanes and just smart, you know, where he's watching the game, he's going to get steals. He's going to have big defensive plays. I would expect that. But I also think sometimes his defense can be overstated at his age this time. Can I bring up, I did mention one of the five greatest Clippers of all time. Do you want to hear my five? Oh, yes, please. This is what this is. This Mark Jackson. A, no, that's what I didn't say favorites. <laughs> I didn't say favorites. I think it goes CP. Okay. Blake. Mm-hmm. Elton. Yeah. Uh, Lou is fourth for me. Ty Lou? No, Lou Williams. Lou Williams, okay. And then Corey at five. Maggetti. And then, yeah, and Jamal and DJ in that six. Okay. I like that. I, I think that's where I'm at. I took a lot. I was thinking about it a lot. It is pretty amazing. You guys went from Jamal Curry or Jamal Crawford directly into Lou Will. It's perfect. It's like, you, it's like the same player. It's mm-hmm. like you guys, somehow you just got a three-year younger version we of did. Jamal Crawford. And, and, and <laughs> dude, look, man, Lou Williams is is – Probably gets has the most respect next to like Derrick Rose amongst his peers in the NBA. Everybody loves Lou Williams. He is greatly going to be missed. Uh, I'm sad it had to happen. But again, in Jerry, we trust. And if they feel like this is the move that we need to make, I'm okay with it. Let's go to the other side of the table. Buyout market. Yep. The most coveted buyout player uh, in the <laughs> NBA is Andre Drummond. My only concern is, and, and the Lakers finally signed him as of yesterday. Um my only question is this, is like, how sad is it that at 27 years old, you're in your prime and you're getting bought out? Like you're, they don't want you to play for their team. So the Lakers made a good move picking him up. Like if you can get Andre Drummond for $800,000, once again, um, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this buyout thing because, <laughs> you know, and it benefits us too. That's how we got Reggie Jackson. That's how we got Marcus Morris last year. It benefits the really good teams, the contenders, the teams that, you know, are competing to get to a championship, but it, it cuts out everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Even though like, I think Drummond would have been a better fit for New York for his long term as for far as the Knicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To play for the Knicks. I mean, Brooklyn would have been great, but we're over Brooklyn and everybody's signing with Brooklyn. If they, if, if, if they got, Drummond, like there would have been an up, an uproar within the NBA. It already is over LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake. But, um, if he went to New York and then he can, you know, performs well in New York, they're going to be in the playoffs and then he could, you know, potentially sign another three, five year deal with New York. You get Andre Drummond. What are your thoughts on that right now? Being that is LeBron's down, AD's down. You need something. This is big. Uh, this is what, uh, I mean, it's been, it, it seemed pretty clear for months now that this was kind of going to happen, right? It just felt like eventually we were going to get Andre Drummond. And I know that there was a lot of teams involved. I'm sure, I'm sure five or six, you know, were like, do we want, do we want this? Do we want Drummond? I'm sure the Knicks may have been a part of the conversation. Clippers tried. I'm sure the Clippers were in there. Uh, and really it came down to, I think that's the, it's interesting. Your question about buyout about having buyout players get to join whatever team they want. It's pretty clear why buyout guys would go to the contenders, right? Like what stage can help you go from being a buyout guy to a four year max contract guy. Let me go win a goddamn championship. Mm -hmm. Look at Dwight Howard. He's getting paid. He's on Philly. Rajon Rondo, $9 million after being on the Lakers. Uh, And time and time again, it's a great way to prove your worth on a team that's good. And for the first time in, his entire career, Andre Drummond's going to be on a good team. Right. 
And he's not. And for the first time in his career, he's not going to be the focal point of that team. Which as is well. It, it speaks to the fact that those teams are terrible. Because if he's the focal point, that's, that's you know that's, that's a that's a tough that's yeah that's sad. a really low bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge for us. I've been saying the whole season. Backup center. We need a backup center. Now we have a starter. And Gasol can be our backup center because he's just really not. Or your way backup center. He could be the third option. I do think Trez is still going to come off the bench as our, right. our, our backup center, you know, in quotations. Um, but this was this is big for us. It's In the meantime, you know, with AD out and LeBron out, uh, I don't want this to turn into <laughs> the Andre Drummond show. It might. I don't want him jacking threes. It might. I don't want him taking 20 shots a game. Uh, I would love to see him average 15 rebounds a game. He um, can do that. Because certainly right now, we are bricking a lot of shots. So there's a lot of rebounds to be had. Um, and I do think it will be great for him to get some rhythm with Schroeder um, and to get some rhythm uh, with, with Kuzma and Caruso, the guys that are going to be playing uh, you know, for us in, in, a, in a playoff scenario. Um, and to be quite honest, it, it, feels, it feels great. It feels great. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, just, it's nice. It's something that we got for a fraction of the value that anyone, that anyone would have ever gotten this guy for. That's kind of what I'm saying though. I, I, as far I, as the bio goes, I, I'm, I get it. I just think, and I think Simmons said it the best though. Like there has to be some kind of penalty for the best teams <clears throat> or for any team signing these all NBA type of guys. You know, there has to be something that the team takes back, whether it's a tax on their their full salary that they were due or something because or th- this is just going to keep happening. I definitely think at the next, you know, pl- uh, uh, what is it? Meeting that they do the owners meeting. This the is collective gonna, bargaining agreements. I th- well, I think the owners have meetings, too, sure, before yeah. the CBA comes. But I think there's going to be something in place to where, you know, it'll kind of not necessarily prevent the best teams getting them, but there has to be some kind of repercussion for it. Well, look, I mean, it's it's manifested out of the system that we have in right. the NBA. Uh, Cleveland didn't want to play Drummond. They wanted to play Jared Allen, and they wanted to trade him. But they decided to, to trade for him, and it's their fault. It's also it, the fact that, that Drummond was getting paid almost $30 million a year is Detroit's fault. Right. So that's mismanagement from franchises that, you know, that we are, we're talking on behalf of at this point. Like... I just don't I don't know what system can possibly be in place. Uh, taxation or something like that, I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but I just I don't know what kind of system we can come up with in order to prevent this other than stopping buyouts. But then this happens though, Drew. Then this happens at this time and every single year. The best buyout options are going to go to Brooklyn, Miami, New York, Clippers, Lakers. The answer and is that, stop making stupid deals. That's true. That's, that's true. That's the answer. GMs have to stop making dumb contract offers right. for players that don't get that, that that aren't deserving of that money and it's a simple statement to make i know it's much difficult much more difficult to evaluate a 23 year old and you're like man this guy's one of the best rebounders the league has seen in the last 20 years mm-hmm. give him 30 million let's give him 30 million dollars a year we can build around him but then there's the other side where it's like yo okay just told al horford just go home just go home you know you're gonna and he's got a so, bag but that's i think that's the point that i'm making mm-hmm. that franchise instead of buying out Horford, which mm-hmm. would have made a lot more sense. Cut your losses. You're going to save $12 million or something like that. They decided to send him home. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Do you know why? I Well, they're going a different quote. I'm throwing know, air quotes, guys, different direction. Why not buy him out? I don't If you put, let me tell you something, dude. But I can't, right. but my, I, I'm sorry. I know I didn't mean to cut you <laughs> off there. I just like, that's, that would be the other option. In my opinion, if we get rid of the buyouts, then you're just going to have these guys like Horford at home. 
training. But you're paying him. Like, why don't you just put him in the game, play? Like, he's too good for what is. they're trying to do. And they and, and they, have a, they have a nice young big man core in they Oklahoma. T- they so totally do. It. Yeah. But like, if you put out, you don't think Al Horford would be huge on the buyout market right now? That's like, what I'm humongous. saying. Humongous. I'm 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 surprised that they didn't do that. Right. Um, and I, that may be one of the few times in recent years that there's a really legit buyout candidate that wasn't bought, bought out. out. And so, I, you know, it is interesting. I, I can I can agree with the fact that there, there probably needs to be some sort of change because it's not very fair that Brooklyn and the Lakers got these guys and that they were really only looking at three or four teams total. Mm. Uh, but I think it's a system thing. So they have they almost have to rewrite a lot of the rules in order to prevent this from happening, or you add on some sort of taxation thing, which I don't know how that would go over. I don't know. And then and then you're just doing... You have to be a fucking calculus major to figure out who can be traded at that point. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, Like how many decimal points do I have to move just to get Aaron Gordon on the goddamn nugget? It's so funny listening to uh, Raja Bell with Simmons the other day when he was in the front office for one like for one year with Cleveland. I think he was with Raja yeah. was with Cleveland. Yes. And he said he sat into one like trade meeting and he's like, I could not put any numbers together. There's so a huge, many numbers. <laughs> there's a huge, it's like a beautiful mind, right? That's yeah, what you it got, is. You got calculations like Sheldon from the big bang theory, <laughs> just doing calculations, just doing a uh, string theory. This is like, how, on the this board. is how we can afford LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, LaMarcus. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to LaMarcus really quick. Yeah. Um, we thought he was going to go to Miami. Uh, shocking, he goes to Brooklyn. You know, NBA fans again get sour because Brooklyn gets one more player. It's a super team, quote unquote. But look, guys, super teams have been around forever. All right. And like Blake and LaMarcus aren't Blake and LaMarcus of yesteryear. Okay. Right. Um, super teams have been around since Chamberlain, West, and Baylor. Right. And then, you know, you have. This is a lot of Lakers in this. And then you have like Showtime Lakers, Showtime Lakers, where Celtics, you, 80 Celtics, 80 Celtics getting Bill Walton, right? Getting Bill Walton off a of buyout market. And then we got LeBron and we got KD. And look, this is part of the game. And listen, the thing I like most about this is now nobody's there's no pressure on the Clippers right now. All That's anybody's true. talking about is, oh, it's Brooklyn Lakers, Brooklyn Lakers, Brooklyn Lakers, Brooklyn Lakers. All the pressure in the NBA is not not necessarily on the Lakers as much as it is Brooklyn. Right. There is so much pressure on the Brooklyn Nets to win a title this year. And if they don't, the scrutiny that's going to come down on KD, Kyrie, uh, I think Steve Nash will be able to dodge it. Oh, it's his first year coaching. I think Steve will be able to dodge that stuff. But the pressure is all on the Lakers and Brooklyn winning a title or at least making it to the championship this year. Yeah, I think so. LaMarcus was that's that's what I've been waiting for. That's the that move is the move that the Nets have been needing to make since they got Harden. Um, I think they would have been better served to get PJ Tucker in the deal originally or JaVale McGee or Larry Nance mm-hmm. uh, going back to you know the beginning of the season when the trade was made. I think all those guys are better for them, would have been better for them than LaMarcus, who is you know in the twilight of his career. He's going to come off the bench, without a doubt in my mind. I don't think you're going to start him over DeAndre Jordan. Well, Claxton. Claxton's playing really well. Also, another reason why, like, I just, I, I, so LaMarcus helps them with a big body, but doesn't help them on defense and doesn't help them rebounding. Guy's averaging four fucking rebounds a year, or yeah. a game this year. A year, too. It well, yeah, like four, yeah, yeah, he had four <laughs> rebounds this entire season. Uh I just I think you know Lamarcus and Blake's um, additions to the team are going to be huge, and those guys are going to decide games for them. I do think uh, in the playoffs, especially one of those guys is going to have a great night, and that's going to be the difference maker, and they're going to win. And I do think when I when I've talked about the Nets not being the favorites, 
It's come down to who can guard Embiid and who can guard Giannis. And now you have a couple bodies that you can throw out there. Throw at them. You can throw out a, you know three different guys on Embiid. None of them can guard Embiid. No. So yeah, I mean, but who can? There's 18 fouls though. Uh, who who can guard Embiid? Nobody. Really? Exactly. So I I but I do think that was an important person for them to get a center, a guy that can shoot, a guy that can that's not going to be lost on offense. And, you know, if a last second shot needs to come from him on a random, you know, swing pass. He can hit it. He can knock it down. And he's a vet. He's a great locker room guy. Again. He's never really made a run into the playoffs. He's only ever been in the first round, I believe. I don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever made it past the second round. I think there was one year in Portland he got to the second round. Uh, it's so, still a great. It's kind of like the Drummond thing, though. Like if you can get Lamarcus Aldridge yeah, for X amount of, is that one point two? I think it was one point two. Then you get him. And I, I, you know, the the biggest thing now is where the fuck is Kevin Durant? Like hamstring problem. Well, he's tweeting hamstring a lot. Problem. It's been well, yeah. He's been. Oh, he's, he's been going. Tweeting to, uh, but you know, a hamstring problem doesn't sound that menacing, right? But then it's like, well, he's gonna be out for two months with a hamstring. That's not good. So let's be realistic here. Okay. If Kevin Durant has some, you know, lingering issue that's that's or you know a deeper issue even than that, and he doesn't return at all this season, I think this is what. Have you heard that? No, no, I'm I, right. I'm just throwing this out there. Okay, he hasn't played a game in, in almost two months, and I and I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. Nash said this week he's not playing. He's doubtful he's going to play this week, mm-hmm. and I could be blowing this way out of proportion. He could be back next week. I I could be way off here, but on the off chance that Kevin Durant isn't you know 100 percent or isn't going to be able to play for whatever reason. I think that's what they're building around for, you know, because now you really you're seeing how good James Harden is. We've seen amazing Kyrie. I think I think what they're doing their office is is putting these players in position to still win and make a really deep run. If in fact Kevin Durant is not able to play, you know, for an extended period of time, I, I don't have necessarily any news on that, but I, it just feels that way to me because why isn't he playing? You know, get him out there one every three games and let him deal with the hamstring issue if it's just like, you know, oh, my hamstring's sore. If it's also a sore hamstring, what the fuck is he out for? You know, eight weeks. That's I mean, it's outrageous. Yeah, so Who's doing your rehab, too? I just don't get... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, you know, best case scenario, everyone's healthy, they're going to get KD back, and they're going to have a team that everyone's going to be scared of, including the Lakers. Uh, and I do think we're the only team that has a chance against them now. Now that they have this depth now that they have guys in their second unit that are former all-stars all nba uh i do think they are now the favorites in in the east and i and i would be shocked if it wasn't a lakers uh nets finals matchup if both of those teams are healthy when the playoffs come around and i'm cool with that yeah i'll let i'll I'll let that be where it lies i mean to be quite honest i don't think there's any other team that's even close i mean like we, we we've talked about how I think Utah Utah's a good team, but I don't think they're any better than the than the Suns, and they're certainly not better than the Clippers or the Nuggets. I mean, I just I feel like Utah, while their record shows that they're the best team in the NBA, they're just play, outperforming their their normal way of playing at this time. And so I do think, without a doubt, fully healthy, those two teams are by far the favorites for good for good measure. Here's a here's a stat for you: the sure. ja- the Jazz are top three. In both offense and defense this season, all right? Yep. Only six other teams have done that in the three-point era. 2016-17 Warriors, chip. 2014-15 Warriors, chip. 95-96 Bulls, chip. And then 93-94 Sonics, they made it to the finals. 90-91 Blazers, they made it to the finals. 85-86 Celtics, chips. Yeah. So You know what all those teams have in common? Tell me. Tell me, Drew. 
Hall of Fame players. Right. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, you can make a case for Mike Conley and Go Barrow make it to Go the Barrow, Hall of Fame. Go Barrow definitely make it eventually. Mean Joe Ingles? <laughs> Joe, he's already in the Australian uh, Basketball Hall of he's Fame. He's the GOAT. Uh, but, you know, I, I think those points that you made are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think my point kind of trumps it. <laughs> who do who the fuck do they have? I mean, it's going to have to be numbers un- don't lie though. It's going to have to be an unbelievable, consistent team effort for them from start to finish, and they're going to have to not lose a three one lead like they did last year. Um, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it, and I could be way wrong. And and Utah Jazz fans, like, feel free to laugh in I my face. I only know two of them. Feel free to laugh in my face when when you guys run it and mm-hmm. you guys go all the way to the Western Conference Finals or to the finals. I will apologize. I will absolutely do that. And and who knows? Maybe this is the best team of of non all star like non Hall of Fame superstar players that we've ever assembled. But all those teams that you mentioned had Michael Jordan, um, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. you know, Larry Bird, um, Clyde Drexler. I think would have been on the nineties. You know, like they, they had Sean Kemp, Gary you know, Payton, household names. Okay, and Utah I'm just, just giving you numbers, I know, bro. I, I, and I appreciate those okay. numbers, and I think we're gonna have one of those years where those numbers don't mean shit. Okay. <laughs> No pressure on the Clippers right now. Thank God. Yeah, no pressure on anybody really other than the Lakers and Nets. You said there, it best. There, There is. You guys are also going to pick up DeMarcus, by the way. We didn't touch on that. Yeah, so that happened today. Um, he was a guy that I brought up, both of us have brought up a few times. Like, why is nobody picking up DeMarcus, right? And obviously, for obvious reasons, like DeMarcus hasn't been DeMarcus for years. A little wear and tear on that. There body. is wear and tear, but like <laughs> his numbers, he was he was nearly 10 points a game, like six rebounds for, for Houston in the beginning of the season when he had James Harden playing, he hasn't been playing much, but again, like there's slim pickings as far as bigs go. Right? Well, yeah. Now that Gorgie yeah. Dang was one of the guys we yep. were looking at. Um, I thought we would get, he ended up going to San Antonio. This is after, you know, after LaMarcus signs. Right. Um, but Boogie's still there. Boogie and, you know, Rondo BFFs played at Kentucky, another dog in the kennel to have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's just because of Ibaka's, Injury, right? Yeah, gives you gives you a little extra depth, and you can try him out. And and if he's great, then great. It's a ten day. Yeah, and I think we'll probably end up signing him for the rest of the season, kind of like what we did with Noah last year. Noah barely played for us. Uh, yeah, played like but if, five if, minutes. Right. If Boogie's in shape though, and you know he's still got that dog in him, like why not? Let's 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 have him on the bench, just in case this back problem with Ibaka, you know, is a bigger deal than we think. And I'm not I'm not trying to jump to conclusions here. I'm just you know, eight games out with, with back spasms is a big deal. Yeah. Patrick Beverly's knee is a big deal right now. He's gone. He's played and then gone out and played and then gone out three separate times this season. Paul George's the, foot. Paul keeps George's happening. I, see, I also do think that kind of like what's happening with KD in Brooklyn, I think Ty is resting. I really do. Sure, yeah. I think we're giving our players some reps. Like uh, Paul George played against – we beat Philly and Milwaukee this week. No Paul George against Milwaukee. Loved that win. Paul George against Philly um, had a really great game. And then, you know, you got to load management somehow. Yeah. Um, And I think with the way Luke had been playing and the way Mann had been playing, I think definitely against Orlando, we thought we can give these guys a rest. And it didn't didn't pan out that way. Yeah. Um, Really quick on the Clippers. I I would love to have Boogie. I want to see how it works out. I want to say really quick that uh, Marcus Morris Sr., has been absolutely unbelievable this season. Everything he's doing, the way he's shooting, uh, I I can tell. I said this to a, to a colleague of ours that like you know I was completely anti back to the basket 
Marcus Morris, right? I love him shooting the three. He's very good at that. But I'm seeing a lot of Kawhi and him playing in practice, going at each other. This mm. turnaround jumper that he's got that Kawhi has mastered. I think Marcus has been working on that a mm. lot. And he's been showing it in the previous games. He's adding like a new element to his game. So that's something that I'm noticing. It's not just strictly three-point shooting from Marcus. He's doing it a couple different ways. Um, I'm not going to you know, be the leader of the Marcus Morris Senior fan club right now, mm-hmm. but everything he's doing for our squad is huge, um, and we owe him a lot right now. All right, so one of our longest listeners, one of our biggest fans, and our friend of the show, day my one. boy, our boy Juice, all right? He's been a day one, well, almost day one. Nobody knew us day one. Yeah, we had zero fans day one. We had zero fans day one. And now we have a bunch of listeners who have become, you know, part of our daily life and our daily routine. Uh, He had let me know that he's going to have major surgery in the next couple days. I'm not going to go into details of what the surgery is. But Juice, we just wanted to, you know, shout you out on the show. Thank you for you know, supporting us the way you do. And I know we have a lot of supporters out there, but Juice, you've been one of the one of our guys that have just constantly, you know, screenshotting, hitting us up. We consider you a friend. Um, and our prayers are up for you. We hope your surgery is a success. Yeah. And you come out of this, you know, on top. And hopefully they allow you to listen to podcasts in hospitals. <laughs> I'm sure they do. But uh, we're wishing you a speedy recovery, my friend. Um, we're thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Well wishes. Um, surgery is scary stuff. Um, all hopes and prayers that everything goes smoothly. Good luck. And hopefully, uh, you'll be back, back home soon. Check us out on basketballnews.com. Uh, like we shout out every single show, check out our, we have, we just added uh, Rex Chapman to our podcast network and the dude has some crazy guests. It's a great show. We also have dishes and dimes. We got the Alex Kennedy podcast, the post podcast with, uh, James Posey, we got the rematch with Eton Thomas, uh, Nikias Duncan with the Dunker spot, uh, Spencer Davies with keeping a 94, Sheridan, we've got so many on there. And of course, you got the follow through with Clips and Drew. Keep uh, screenshotting, send us questions, tag us, leave us a rate, review, and subscribe. And we're going to take them out with our new theme song. I think it's our theme song right now, Drew. Yeah. By it, Beats by JT. Yep. So let's take them out. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know where you're at. This is the fall.